This is Sarah Wicked, and you're listening to Tobin Tonight. Sarah, I believe the last time we talked, it was almost a year ago. I think it was in July. And at that point, we were, it was just like in the pandemic. I believe we're still kind of, yeah, we're still in the pandemic per se, but I feel like we're getting there. We're getting closer to the finish line, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, let's hope. Everything's been nice this summer. I feel like this summer has kind of felt more like a real summer as opposed to last year. But yeah, last time when we talked, I remember I was living at my parents and I did the interview with you on a mattress in my parents' laundry room because I was just, I was crashing there. (laughs) So so things have gotten better because it doesn't look like you are in a, in that situation anymore. It looks like you are in a really good lit room there. Yeah, I'm, I'm in my apartment back in Toronto now, so it's nice oh, to be nice. back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I wanna ask this, cause I, I know we're gonna go into, of course, the music video, your new music, all that. But I noticed when I'm following you on, I believe it was on Instagram that you posted, and I believe it was a story that you were out on sea and you got stuck out on a sea I believe. Tell me a little bit more about that story. Cause to me, reliving that like i have nightmares about that where i'm like i can i can take it if i'm on land and a bike breaks down i'm like i can walk this that's fine but yeah see do like tell me <laughs> it's a bit embarrassing and i'm it hurt my pride a little bit but <laughs> i'll tell it it's fine <laughs> so the summer before as i was putting the sea away for the year i sucked up some stones into the motor which you know that's like you're not supposed to do that and i did everything you weren't supposed to do even though everyone told me not to do what i did i I revved the engine instead of just shutting it off because you know you think when you're on a snowmobile and you get stuck you rev the engine and then it go you you go but with cdus if you rev the engine and there's rocks on the bottom or anything it sucks it up so that's what i did so that winter it was in the shop all winter and then the summer this summer 2021 i took it back out and i think it was my second time riding it and um, i was with my girlfriend and we went out to this island it's like a five minute sea ride from my parents and we had been turning it on and off because we were looking at fish there's really big carp they're called okay. in this really shallow water so if you turn your sea off they'll swim right up to you but if the engine's on obviously they'll be scared and they'll like those swim away. So we had the engine turning on and off and on and off. So I I was switching with her to let her drive and she kept trying to turn it on and it wouldn't turn on. So it wasn't that wavy and it was nice outside, thankfully, but it just wasn't turning on. And I'm like, this is so dumb because I just had it in the shop. Like it should be like brand new. She's kind of a city person. So it was funny. She was like freaking out and we were in the middle of the lake and we just kept drifting and I was like on the phone with my dad and one of our neighbors had to come get us because my dad's boat wasn't even in the water yet. And it was hilarious. Like we had to get towed back by this little boat and it took us almost an hour to get home when it should have only taken five minutes. Yeah, I, I want to ask because like, you know, I've been on ATVs and like when it doesn't start, you're kind of like, okay, but I'm going on trails here in Newfoundland and it's like, okay, I, I imagine if, it's, if it breaks down, I'm like, okay, I, I'm kind of screwed because... It's like, you got to call someone, they're going to be like angry and annoyed. And you're like, Hey, if this was you, let's put the foot on the other or like whatever here. But I just look at it and I'm like, you're in the sea. Like, there's not really a place where you can just be like, I'm walking off here. It's like, I'm God, I'm going to walk on water. So like, just do you ever like, 
were you panicking? Do you ever like have those flashbacks? Cause even now when I have like a traumatic moment, I look back and I'm like, yeah, maybe not. And they're like, it's been 20 years, Brian, let it go. I'm like, no, it's still, <laughs> it's still traumatic. We were thinking, we we're definitely thinking about scenarios. Like what would happen if, if either of us didn't have a phone, like yeah. um, my girlfriend didn't bring her phone, but I did. So I was able to call my dad, but if we didn't, if we didn't have a phone, we were just thinking, like we would have to swim back to this island, which the water was still a bit cold because we were still, I was just putting my sea in and we probably would have been really cold. And I don't know how we would have dragged the sea back to the island, but we would have been there and bare feet for the night and just like had to sleep in the woods. My girlfriend was also like, yeah, we should wave down these boats driving by. So she's like trying to wave people down and no one was close enough to see us. <laughs> it was hilarious. But yeah, I mean, I wasn't too panicked. We, I was like looking at fish underneath us. I'm like, oh, there's a big bass there. And she's like, just call your dad. <laughs> yeah, you're like, this, this is kind of relaxing. It's like, it's we like, could no. eat that if we had to. <laughs> now, we've discussed this in the past, but just for those who, you know, haven't checked out that interview. And like I said prior, we'll get into some, a little mixture of the both. But like, I, uh, I like that we did this by video this time because now I can actually kind of, uh, rub this in your face a little bit but like what is this is this a carlton communications degree oh, oh dear and where did you where did you go you went to ryerson no no i went to humber oh humber there you go so <laughs> but you were doing broadcast and journalism, journalism. Right. yeah yeah so i want to ask you getting into that as well is like what made you choose that career in journalism and how did you end up getting into music because i know you were saying that you went there for journalism, but like at night, which I thought was crazy because you're a journalism student. It's supposed to be busy, busy, busy go. But you were like, yeah, I was doing, uh, I was performing on the side. I was like performing at clubs at night or performing where I could too. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, I was always into music first. Like that was always my number one. And my parents wanted me to go to school. And of course I, I wanted to as well. And so I thought if I went, I went to the city to do that, I could also pursue my music career. Journalism, like I, I did an internship at Rogers TV in grade 12 for co-op, and I really loved that. So I figured I'd just go into broadcast journalism because, again, it's in front of a camera. It's, yeah. I feel like there'd be a lot of connections that could be made through that, which which happened, which was really great. And yeah, as I was in school, I was posting ads on Kijiji and just on Facebook and stuff looking for a band. And I ended up finding some great musicians and we just started playing live and doing the whole Toronto circuit. And it was a lot of fun. So like at what point, cause I, I, I know like you were saying about the, the media side and journalism, but like at what point did you really like have to sit down and say, okay, this is what I want to do full time music. Cause like, I remember being maybe in grades, I want to say grade 12 of high school or maybe the first year of Memorial university. And like, it was just new communications at that point in Memorial. But I was like telling my friends, I'm like, man, I'm going to be on SNL someday. It's like, I want to be a comedian. And then at some point it just like clicked my, like, I guess I watched like so much Conan O'Brien. I'm like, wait, I don't necessarily have to be on SNL for people to think you're funny and do interviews. I don't necessarily have to be a serious journalist either. Like I can just do an interview. So then that's like the light bulb moment came of like, oh, okay, we can do media, but not serious media. So when did that kind of yeah. light bulb moment come for you where it's like, I want to do this and do this like constantly? I think after school, I mean, I really enjoyed journalism. It was really fun. I, inter I, I was doing interviews. I was interviewing people and that was really cool. But I feel like I was, I was just doing that so that I could learn what other people said in interviews as musicians. Like I remember 
I interviewed Madeline Merlot when she she wasn't that big. I think her song Honey Jack was just out. So I think that was one of her first songs. And that was so cool. But yeah, I think after school, I was I realized how competitive um, the broadcast journalism industry was. I think I was just like, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. So I started working in the marketing field, which allowed me to also do music as well, because that, fl- that schedule was really flexible. Do you take now... Obviously, we live in a world full of social media, Twitter, Facebook. Like these are things that I kind of look at. Like an artist in the ninety or the nineties or even like early two thousands are like they might be on it now, but it's almost to the point where it's like they've got their fan base built, and this is for their own fans. But like we're the generation that I think we use a lot of Instagram, we use a lot of TikTok per se. But like, do you find those skills kind of come in handy now that you've done like the journalism side and like you said, like the marketing kind of background as well? Yeah, for sure. I, I feel like if I wanted to or if I didn't have a choice, which I am an independent artist, so I kind of do have to do everything right now. I know yeah. how to, which is really nice. So I, I like I do all of my own marketing PR. I've, I usually hire a team. But yeah, it's, it's nice to be able to do everything, although it is a lot of work. And sometimes it takes away from the actual art of it, but it's all fun. And I like, uh, I don't know if you want to talk about this now, but I edited my own music video for the first time for Mama's Boy, which was really fun, but a lot of work. I put in so many hours (laughs) just doing that. Yeah, no, we can talk about that. Like, I want to get into it a little bit because, you know, I'm interested from your standpoint, like you said, an independent artist, like sometimes when I'm looking at people post like their music video or clips, like I... When I'm a child, when I was looking at this, I'm like, just just release the damn video. Like, stop showing me clips. I just want to see it. But I get it. Like, you're anticipating it. But, like, yeah. how much process, because now that you've mentioned editing your own, like, how much process goes into that? Like, how excited are you, like, when it's done? Because once this interview is done, once interviews are done that I probably do way back in, say, July, and I don't, and I save them till August, I'm like, no, 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 we're posting this now. And someone's like, no, no, no. You've already told people this is not going to be till, like, August, September. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, but it was so good. Can I post it now? Like, is that like your mindset when you edit? You're kind of like, oh, it's like, I want to do this now. I want to, I want everyone to see it. Yes, for sure. Um, and it's, it's nice to be able to show like your family and everything or show some people at least, because if I wasn't able to show anyone, <laughs> I would probably go crazy, but yeah. I was, I'm able to show my family, which is really nice. And yeah, like usually I like to have a lot of teasers, so I'm yeah. still kind of editing those as well. But yeah, it's it's hard to keep it a secret for sure. Yeah, I was just about to ask, like, are you a person like, because I, I know when it comes to Christmas time or birthdays, I'm the type of person, I think Instagram has like jokes and stuff about this, but it's like, I will buy someone a present. And then like, instead of like, you know, their birthday could be like three weeks away. Instead of just being really cool about it and just being like, oh, you know, give it to them on their birthday. I'm like, hey, guess what? I got you something for your birthday. And they're like, oh, what is it? I'm like, no, no, I can't tell you. And like three days, you're like, yeah, okay, okay, I'll tell you. <laughs> Are you that type yeah. of person or can you keep the secret? I think I can keep the secret, but it's really hard. It's really, really hard. Like, uh, but I think the reward in the end, just seeing their face after you've kept it a secret is even better than yeah. actually telling them. My boyfriend actually did that to me uh, on my birthday this year for my birthday present. I don't know why, but he brought me my gift like a week before. He's like, it's so good, like whatever. And then he made me leave it on my bedside table and wait a a week to open it. I'm like, what? You can't do that. You you basically, if you're going to give someone the gift, it's basically like that's torture where it's like, hey, 
it's really good. It's really cool. But hey, can't open it yet. And it's like, well, what are you doing? It's like, I, I just want to build up the anticipation. It's like, you could have did that yeah. when you showed up and then told me, hey, this is really good. It's like, well, can I open it now? Oh, yeah, of course. But when you tell someone like three weeks later, you're like, no, you can't open it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I want to open it. You're making it sound like you almost want to play the other way around where it's like, so stupid you're not gonna like it i'm just gonna leave it here and you can open it whenever yeah. and you're like and then you'd be like okay well then i don't want to look at it because he said it was dumb yeah but that's a, that's yeah, how you want to play it now when you said about editing the music video like take me through that process because i know editing podcasting sometimes you're sitting there like I, i've gotten better there was what one time that i would sit there for a complete hour and edit and then i find in the next 30 minutes of the interview you're kind of like like i've been sitting here forever like so tell me a little bit about the editing process for you like are you excited to edit it are you more or less like do you have to get in the mood to edit it and walk me through it so when we filmed it obviously i had a videographer come and film everything and he gave me the option to edit it if i wanted and i had never edited a video of mine before but i always said if i could do everything i would because it's really hard to take what's in your brain and give it to someone else and have yeah. them do the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I was happy to edit it, but I ended up taking on a lot more work at the exact same time. So I didn't have as much time as I thought I would, but it was a lot, especially because, you know, I was, I was in front of the camera, so I couldn't see exactly what he was filming all the time. So I didn't know how much footage he actually had. So I had to go through all of the clips Plus I had to buy like a hard drive because the files are so big, which I didn't really <laughs> take into consideration. <laughs> but I'm always really excited to edit. I love editing and I like the finished product is always so much more rewarding when you actually do all the work. But I think in total, it took me, I don't know, like if I was editing for 24 hours straight, it probably took me uh, four days. Oh, really? Okay. Which I didn't, I didn't edit for 24 hours straight. No, 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 but... no. <laughs> Just, I it can was, just imagine. I can just imagine someone being like, "Sarah, are you in there?" You're like, "I've been editing for 24 hours straight for four yeah. days." So like, they'd be like, "Have you slept?" It's like I slept while editing, <laughs> but I still worked on editing. <laughs> it's like I don't even know how but, sleep me did it, but it's okay. Yeah, and in this video, we did like a little skit at the beginning, so it wasn't just the video and like the song. It was also getting audio and getting random little like like a phone call or phone ringing and just doing all of the audio as well and making sure like all of our voice clips and everything matched up too. So it was a lot. I, I can imagine like you probably have more of appreciation like any artist out there or anyone who like for me for podcasting, I know when I first would get someone to edit stuff, you know, like you said, it's your own vision in your head that you're trying to give to someone. And it's not like you're like tormenting them or trying to be mean, but it's like they'll come back three hours from working on it and you're just like, not really what I had in mind, but at the same point, it's like, they just worked three hours on that. So yeah. like that's a slap in the face. So it's almost yeah. like, thanks. Like I'll use it or I'll find a way to use it. But at the same point, I'm going to try this at my own hand. If I fail, I fail. But if I'm successful, it's just something to add to my resume or my repertoire of like, hey, I actually edit my own stuff as well. Yeah. I always found it really hard to send feedback back to someone who's edited myself because I feel like I always send so much and I'm so picky as a yeah. lot of people probably are but I'm like I know you worked so hard on this and it's been taking you so long but can you just change like all of this yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. like sorry but yeah. that's like I feel like when I was doing like re-editing all the interviews that we did just to put them up back on YouTube and like obviously with anything like in music in media in comedy whatever like you go back to your early stuff and you're like, ugh, like that's 
kind of cringy. How do I fix this? Because I noticed yeah. in some interviews, it's a lot of ahs and mm's and like breaks in between. So I was like, I'm sitting here editing and I'm like, I want to, I want to like physically hurt you, which is myself. Cause I'm just like, past Brian, why are you so bad? And then like yeah. future, and then I'll go in the future in like three years and I'll be like, future Brian didn't do that much better. So you're always improving, but I feel like it's easier to kind of say that to yourself than take someone else's side and be like, why are you not, th- why are you not better? <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> the other thing I want to mention too, cause now the song is called mama's boy. I want to ask why, like what, what was the, what was the reason behind it? So it's kind of a loaded question, but um, the, the <laughs> yeah, I song... got the gun. I've got the gun. <laughs> <laughs> the song is basically about a past relationship as all songwriters write about their experiences and just, the struggles that we went through as a, a couple. Obviously, my ex was Punjabi, so there were some cultural differences between him and I. And yeah, it was just about such some struggles we faced in our relationship. But the song itself like, is a Punjabi country collaboration, and I've kind of just mashed up the two genres. I'm really excited about what I'm doing, and we don't really have we don't really know where it's going to fit into a genre at the moment, but we're kind of calling it Daisy pop country. Okay. And I think, I think it's really cool. I think collaborating with the Punjabi music industry is a really cool thing. They have a lot of similar topics that we talk about in country music, like farming trucks, all that stuff. Oh, so really? I think, okay. yeah, I think it could be really cool to kind of see more Punjabi artists in the country music industry. So that's kind of what I've been doing. Nice. I, I actually had that question for you because I noticed on your social media, especially on Instagram, like when I first stumbled across it, I was like, I was like, I know some of her for country music, but I was like, okay, now it's kind of like Punjabi-ish. Uh, like, yeah. and, I've, and some of the, I think it's like some TikToks and Instagram, like they all wave together at this point. But I believe you had like an Instagram or TikTok where you're talking about like, it was like when Punjabi people are like, when you go to see the Punjabi family and they don't know, or they don't understand that you actually are learning Punjabi. So you kind of know yeah. what they're talking about. And I was like, that's kind of funny. Cause I can imagine you going into like an Italian family or French family. And they're like speaking all the French or Italian. And then you're just like, you know, I'm picking up on this. <laughs> like I am learning this, but like, yeah. tell me how it came to that process where you wanted to learn the language. Was it just because of the relationship? Was it just because you were like, Oh, well, this is like another language that is interesting to me. And I'm interested in doing this kind of music. So yeah, it might be good that I learned the language. Yeah, so I was I've actually been fortunate enough to connect with a lot of Daisy people in the past couple years through work and social media. So not only was it the relationship, but also just kind of being around a lot of those people and just going to certain celebrations with them. The food is amazing. Um, the music is great. And then obviously the language, um, the Punjabi language, I really, really loves. And I've always wanted to learn a second language. So I started taking lessons. I've been taking lessons for a year and a half and I loved it and just kind of naturally I I started listening to the music as well and I I just thought of the cool idea to kind of just start making the music too so yeah now this is going to be like a very I guess Canadian side of question here but like you know we have hockey night in Canada have you ever sat down watched hockey night in Punjabi and like tried to be like oh I understand some of this (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, I actually have oh, wow. um, because it, it helps. Yeah, we'll be up with my parents and we'll see the the station where it says uh, like Hockey Night Canada Punjabi yeah. edition. And I'm like, Dad, put that on. Like, let's see if I can understand what yeah. they're saying because he knows the hockey terms and stuff. And so do I. Sometimes I'm like, oh, he's, he said that. Oh, he's saying yeah. like he shot the puck in the net. He got a goal. So things like that. So, yeah, we have actually watched watched the Punjabi edition of Hockey Night in Canada. Yeah, because, I mean, we've had Harner Ryder Singh on in like a really early episode when we were starting the podcast. And he said there are certain translations in Punjabi that don't come over to English. And then they had to make up. They had to make up ones. Like, I think it was like instead of Henley Box, they have their own term of like, I guess it was like a a box of torture or or punishment box. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Because like now when you go to speak to someone in Punjabi and they translate that to English to you because they could be learning English, they're like, Oh yeah, he got sent to the punishment box. I'm like, I like that a lot better than Penley box. I want to keep that one. <laughs> yeah, that's what's really hard about learning another language is a lot of the words don't directly translate. So especially when writing music, um, it's really hard because for Mama's Boy, I wanted to for the second half of the chorus, I wanted it to be the exact translation of yeah. like the first half of the chorus, and it was hard because some of the words don't directly translate. So it's it's challenging. Yeah, I think it's like it's funny because when you stumble across it on social media where it's like when someone is learning English and the amount of times that there's like there, there and there. And then it's like, you know, they want to blow their brains out when it's like, how come when we do English to French, <laughs> there, there and there are all different words, right? Like you've got yeah. two is one and then vu is more than one, but it's, st- or it's still you but it's plural, but we've got like, yeah, no, we just call it you as in you per like one person or you. And they're like, but it's the- you're saying it the same way. I'm like, yeah, but you got to understand. <laughs> it's like there's sentences <laughs> on social media where you read it and you don't even understand how you read it because there's read and read. And it's like, if you read, read like read, then you read, read as read. I'm just like, I understand that you bring that to someone who's learning English to like, I'm never getting this. I'm never getting this. I'm like, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. Punjabi is yeah. like that as well. Like my my teacher teaches me, he'll take one hour lesson one day, teach me like everything about a certain word. And then the next lesson, it'll be like, okay, same word, but like just different word. <laughs> like same yeah. meaning of the word, but just like use it in a different way. And I'm like, what the heck? Like it's, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> so like, I want to ask, because I'm interested in this topic there. When you're writing now, obviously when you're writing music and then you, I'm guessing you do like the English slide first, try to translate to Punjabi. But now as you're learning Punjabi, you can kind of mix both of it together. But like, do you find times where it's kind of frustrating? Because you're like, how do you not have this word in Punjabi? It's like, well, let's make it up. And yeah. it's like, no, I want to know. What, <laughs> I want to know what else I could use. Yeah. The other side of that is also, I like to rhyme a lot in my songs. And obviously, like, it sounds a lot better when words rhyme. Yeah. So we, we were trying to find a word that, I guess, for Mama's Boy, at least, so ajeeb is strange in English, and then sleeve rhymes with ajeeb. So I was like, what rhymes with sleeve? Um, like, I, there's something up your sleeve was the, the lyric. And yeah. we're trying to figure out like, what rhymes with sleeve. Like, what could we put in the first the first line? And I, I've written both Punjabi parts of accent and uh, Mama's Boy with people who are native Punjabi speakers. Okay. So they're they're able to figure out the words, but yeah. it's so hard. And I like I still can't, I still wouldn't feel confident writing a full Punjabi song myself. I and mean, I'm really grateful to have worked with the Punjabi songwriters that I have. 
Yeah, because I, I feel like, you know, when you're watching, because as a kid, I used to grow up watching much music and like before school would even start. And I, I didn't understand as a kid. As I get older, yes, I get it because now in media, like we've got this thing about CanCon, you got to have so much Canadian content. And I didn't know that as a kid. Like, why would you? Like someone yeah. walking up to an eight-year-old and be like, hey, you have to have so much CanCon. I'd be like, sir, I'm just trying to get to school. Um, but uh, <laughs> I love how like it was like maybe 8.30, 8 o'clock and... I always timed it where I would watch like the Backstreet Boys video or an NSYNC video. I'm like, man, they're putting this on so early, but I get it. They're like probably looking for kids that are going to school to see this, go to school and talk about it. But yeah. it'd be like maybe 8.30 if you're like, you, you know you're running late when your parents don't show up until 8.30 to bring you to school when it's 8.30 you're supposed to be in. And yeah. um, it'd be like French Kiss would come on. And I'm like, okay, let's see what all this is about. It's like, it looks very <laughs> weird for the intro. I don't know if I should be watching this, but then you'd have like French rappers, French artists. I think one time they put on like Celine Dion when she was singing French. And I was like, I only know Celine is English. I was like, this is groundbreaking stuff for me. Like, I guess in a sense, when they're doing their thing, obviously they're known to be French. And if they have French writers to make sure that they're making sense of it all. But like, yeah, I like how you said that because you have Punjabi people or native of that language that help you. Because I can imagine if you went out and didn't have anyone back check this, it's like, I don't think she understands what that meant when she said yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's still really hard for me. Like, I'm sure there's still a couple of mistakes in the, uh, the pronunciation of some of the words in mama's boy, just because my tongue like is yeah. not used to moving in that way. And so it's, it's really hard. It's almost like you have to relearn how to sing in a different language with a different accent. Yeah, it's like learning French. Like I know what we have what we call Newfoundland French, where it's almost yeah. like I, I believe it's like come on to Pell too. But like people will say that perfectly with the tongue and everything. I'm just like, man, in Newfoundland is probably like come on to Pell tuba. And then there's like <laughs> like why did you add by to it? It's like we're Newfoundlanders, we add by to everything. And it's like it sounds kind of aggressive. I'd be like, it's not aggressive, bye. And then they're like, see, that's aggressive. I'd be like, <laughs> oh come on. But yeah, I give you like props for that because I look at it in a world where you know, a lot of artists, when they're trying to just make an imprint or like try to, to stand out from every other artist, because it's it's hard, especially in a world now where it's like you come across your Facebook or Instagram and then you see sponsored ads. Because I don't think, now I could be wrong here, but back in the day, you'd go out and see a CD or a commercial of like, hey, this is a new artist or there's channels for that. We don't have that anymore. So people are stumbling yeah. across it through Facebook, Twitter, wherever. Uh, but I give you credit because you're trying to create almost in your own little like realm or your own little identity here as like, okay, this girl is country. She's Canadian. And she's trying to bring them like Punjabi country Canadian and like make that a genre. And you look, some people be like, that's never going to be a thing. And that's never going to be genre. I'm like, excuse me. I don't think people expected <laughs> pop punk or like pop rock. And that's a thing or like pop country. It usually, if you went to someone back in the day and was like, Garth Brooks is country and pop. They'd be like, no, he's simply just country. And now you look at the landscape now, it's like, I don't even know where you'd put in a Thomas Red or a Luke Combs or a Florida Georgia yeah. Line. Like, I grew up yeah. thinking Rascal Flats was country. But now some people, if you ask a 16-year-old, they're like, yeah, no, that's like soul country. I'm like, fair. <laughs> that's like old country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be like, I'd be like, how do you call Rascal Flats old country? And then they'd just, they'd just be like, they'd be like, I'm really into the Luke Bryan. I'd be like, steam yeah. coming out of my like i'd be like i like luke bryan but come on now yeah i think um 
I think it's it could be really cool. I mean, I obviously talked a lot to my producers before we recorded Accent, which was the first Punjabi country song we did. And I thought it was crazy at first. I was like, is, is that even possible? Like, I feel like it, it could work in some weird way. Like, it could be really cool. And they were totally on board with it, which gave me a lot of confidence. And we just my whole circle just really believes in it. So it's really nice to have really supportive people behind me. And yeah, I hope it takes off because I I personally would love to see more Punjabi artists doing their thing in country music because like I said, it's it's a lot of similar topics and I think it could be really cool. Now, I guess like not to get too in the weeds here, but I know like with Canadians for say, like with country music, with our genres, whether it's pop, uh, country, whatever you want to call it. Like I find maybe Canadians maybe like embrace it a bit more. Like now I could be wrong in that sense, but I just feel like, you know, if that was trending on a CMT here in, in Canada, or if that was like comes across a, a sponsor on Instagram, like there's going to be Canadians out there because kind of like the melting pot here in Canada where it's like, you could get someone out West that's like purely English but has a Punjabi neighbor or, you know, grew up with school in Punjabi and be like, message your friend, like, did you know about this artist? Like we can both relate to this or we can both talk about it. And I think that's kind of cool because there are like musical acts out there or artists that I'll check out. And I'm like, I, I, I kind of relate to this, but at the same point, I'm like, I don't really understand it completely. It's like me going up to Ontario and saying, Hey, you guys heard this great big C song called Lukey's boat. And they're like, we love Great Big C. I'd be like, you guys love Great Big C? It's like, do you understand some of the words? We don't understand all the words, but we get the message. I'm like, (laughs) that's all that matters. So I feel like that's kind of the trend that you want to see. And I agree with you. If you had more like French Canadian acts, more Punjabi acts. I know we had a girl on from Newfoundland that's indigenous. And uh, I think she was up for like an indigenous hours of the year down here. And I'm like, that's cool because it gives you more exposure. So Imagine if there's like a Punjabi artist of the year or Punjabi like Canadian artist of the year. And you're like, I'm nominated. It's like, cool. Like this is actually becoming a thing. Like, I I guess that's my own world, but do you ever think of that kind of stuff? (laughs) For sure. And I think Canada is so multicultural. And so I feel like it just makes sense for that to happen and for, for things to kind of progress that way. I really feel like if a good song is a good song, it's yeah. a good song regardless of who it comes from or where it comes from. I just want to make music that people appreciate. No, that, that's fair. I mean, listen, there's there have been times where I will listen to a song on the radio and have an envision of what I think the music video or that song or like that uh, person looks like. And when I go home and actually find out about it, I'm like, wasn't expecting that. Like, I think yeah. the first time I've heard Owl City's Fireflies, I was like, this is definitely going to be like some like emo kid or like, you know, just going to be like, pimply guy and then when i went to see now city i was like that was not what i expected now city to be like and i was like okay and then there's times when I, I believe it's like pretty trendy on instagram now there's one that the person sings celine dion in a mirror and it sounds pr- like a like a female and then they I pan. Think I've seen that one. yeah and it's like i'm like not expecting that i'm like good for you because i can't even hit a high note but you're there like in a mirror basically saying this is what i can sing like i'm like kudos so um and I feel like that's the world that we should be kind of living in where it's like, like you said, just let the music kind of speak for itself. But yeah, I think there are obviously, uh, I guess, points to be made that some people are like, they can't see past that. It's like, 
it's kind of hard, I think, to break into to certain genres of music because you have certain people that are like, okay, no matter what Luke Combs comes out with or whatever, it's like people are like, yeah, I love it. I'm like, but you do, you really? It's like, yeah, because it's Luke Combs. I'm like, yeah. all right, fine. But yeah, like we've actually had some of like, we had Robin Adelini on in the past, which you're really good friends with. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's funny to see like the, the Canadian kind of side of things where you will have an artist on that someone else knows and then they will retweet it, reshare it, or be like, yeah, I know that person. I'm like, yeah, it's a very small community, but it's nice that you're all kind of supporting each other, even though yeah. in some cases you could be competition, but it's like, hey, if, if they succeed and they give a me a shout out and say, listen, like, this is a good artist you can check out. It's like, it's all relative. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the country music scene is all very supportive. And yeah, I've even texted Robin sometimes about like certain TikToks that I want to post just asking like, should I post this? Like, is, is this cool to do? Because, you know, we're, we're both just kind of like doing the thing and she's not afraid to be out there. And so it's really cool to to have yeah. someone like that. It's it's funny when you mention that, because I, I like when you said that she is out there per se, because I, I think she had mentioned in her interview that and it wasn't even our interview. I think it was one of the first ones that she did, of course, about the song F-150. And she like said in an interview, she had she had told the boyfriend's actual plate number. And I was like, I was like, okay. And she's like, I don't even know why I did that. She was like, I was just mad. I'm like, it's okay to be mad. I'm just like, you're you're young. You're you're learning these things on the fly. But she's actually coming to uh, St. John's, and I was actually kind of excited because when you look at her uh, Instagram posts, I'm like, man, she is traveling a lot. And this yeah. is like post COVID, where it's almost like the the label or her record company, whatever it is, is almost like, all right, we're free. <laughs> Go, yeah. go do what you got to do. Tell me, how did you handle uh, the COVID situation? Like, I know people have, uh, some people really into like, okay, I got to do a lot of live streams just so people know I'm still here. Some people took that yeah. as if to say, I'm relaxing. This is great. Like, what was your kind of process during COVID? I think it was a bit of both. I know I did a lot of songwriting and recording, which was nice. I was still able to go to my producer's studio because it was at his house and he was able to have the COVID precautions um, and everything like that. So that was really good. And we we banged out a lot of songs, which was nice. So I feel like I really focused on the songwriting and the recording part of it. I did do a few live shows at the beginning just even trying to keep up with content and staying motivated and just like keeping sane was, was really hard. So kudos to everyone that just, just yeah. how it stuck in there and yeah. just did their, did their thing. <laughs> like, I, cause I want to ask like in the mental health side of things and like, again, you can, you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but I know with people with mental health, like there was that kind of like uh, a bit of panic. Like I've had friends that had, you know, they were comfortable with their job. It wasn't like they were losing their job, but they were like, man, I have kids, we can't go out and do this. Or like, I want to go see a live concert. I want to travel. I feel caged in. I'm like, I'm like, I, I, I don't know what you're complaining about. I'm like, this is me 24 seven anyway. And they're like, yeah, yeah. But you're a loser. I'm just still like, well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks mom. Uh, but, but like, did you ever have those moments where it was almost like not, not to a breaking point per se, but like sometimes you're like, okay, like I'm doing whatever I can here, but I don't know where this is going. I don't know if this is the end. It's like, I'm producing my content. I'm printing out live streams, but like, are people watching it? Are people engaged? Like, did you have those kind of like, what if moments? Not really. Cause I, I think my real passion is 
recording and like singing and songwriting, but I was working a job from home just to kind of keep the income flowing. And that was quite draining. I always thought I wanted a work from home job, which is great for a little while, but to do it for a whole year, just sitting on the computer all day. And then also having to sit on the computer and edit videos and like, just be on the computer all the time. I was trying to do both at the same time, which was possible, but it's just so draining and it doesn't make any sense for something to be draining when you're just sitting. But my my body, like we couldn't go to the gym, so my body turned to jello. Just felt really <laughs> lazy. <laughs> my, I had no more muscles. But yeah, you just start to feel really lazy and, and like unmotivated, even though you have, you feel like you have so much time because you're just sitting at home, but you don't really feel like doing anything because you're just sitting around doing nothing anyways. That's a fair point. I like that where you're like, didn't get to go to the gym, turned to jello. I'm just like, man, it's like, I don't see no jello in this, uh, in this interview. It's like, it seems like a normal person there. I'm just like, I've been back um, at the gym for like yeah. two months now. So, oh, okay. So that, that explains it. When you walked in, they're like, yeah, some jello just walked in. And then like two months later, like, yeah. Hey, that, that's actually forming into a person there now. And you're like, thank yeah. you. Cause I know for myself, I was never really a gym person. Like I want to, I want to, as you get older to kind of stay fit, obviously, but I was probably just going back and re- reliving your childhood where I was like, this is a pandemic. I'm like, what are you going to do? Like, let's make the most of this where yeah. every other time pre pandemic when someone was like, Brian, we're going out tonight or Brian, we got soccer. We're going to this. I'm just like, man, I just want to watch boy meets world. Like boy meets world has been over. Like, you know, and now <laughs> I can actually say, what are you guys doing? Like we're bored in the house. What are you doing? I'm like, I am actually on season seven of boy meets world or like I am rewatching my <laughs> mother. And then they're like, man, that sounds pretty dope. I'm like, it was always dope. What are you talking about? You're just bored. I don't know if you've ever watched How I Met Your Mother, but like, you know, when they kind of kill off the mom at the last kind of season, I'm like, how did you build this all up only to kill her off? And we don't even get a full season with her. Like, this is ridiculous. And someone will be like, Brian, that's been over for like four years. I'm like, still means that I can't be mad about it. Like, yeah, I'm still <laughs> mad. <laughs> yeah. That's um, funny. Yeah. But, yeah. but it sounds like you did a lot more productive stuff than I did because I'm just there probably sitting on Twitter and someone's like, is this guy tweeting from like 2015? What's going on? Here? I'm like, <laughs> Actually, I am. Like, can I post these? <laughs> yeah, there was still lots of Netflix being watched and all of that as well. But I feel like I, I kind of used to be like that too pre-pandemic. Like I'd yeah. rather stay in. I have a song called Friday Night In. So that's what I would rather do before the yeah. pandemic. Oh, yeah, now, yeah. I, now I'm like, let's go out. Yeah. any opportunity we can it feels like it feels like you did like the reverse of when you listen to a katie perry song where it's like last friday night and then like yeah. you know five years later she's like actually now i remember what happened on last friday night i'm like yeah. good great yeah. timing <laughs> but i want to ask you too a little bit of, of the fun side of things here is like you know i think we asked this in the past but i wanted to get a little bit more in detail with you because again growing up where did you kind of get your passion for the music side of things, like who are some of the artists that you looked up to? Like, I believe a lot of them ones that we've had on, and I believe this was said in the past as well, but like Kara Isabella had mentioned Shania Twain. I think Robin Adelini had said Shania Twain. <laughs> there are like people out there that like Kate Todd from Radio Free Roscoe, a great show that she does music as well, was like, yeah, it's like, uh, I love Shania Twain. I'm just like, how many, how many of you love Shania Twain? Like, I get it. You should all like go up to Shania one day. And I'd be like, man, those people, they're like, oh, look at all these, uh, look at all these young adults trying to get Shania's autograph. I'm like, they're not young adults. Those are musicians going to another musician that they had idolized. So yeah, like who, who else was on your list per se of like people that you kind of tried to model after or were like, I want to do that 
the same way they did. I was definitely going to say Shania Twain, but uh, <laughs> since I'm not allowed. Sorry, um... <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I ruined it for you. I knew that you were going to say Shania Twain. Not a bad thing. It's just that I knew that. Yeah, all good, all good. I mean, we're all we're all female artists, and she literally made it possible for us. So that's probably why we all love her. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think I'm I'm a huge fan, and have always been kind of a huge fan of the up and coming artists that are kind of in the same boat as me, where they're, we're all just kind of trying to do the thing. And like Robin is a big inspiration to me, of course. And Kira, I love Kira Isabella as well. You just mentioned her. When I was growing up, her she, she hasn't really put out too much music recently, but before when I first started music, I used to listen to her all the time and she's she was great. And I remember a lot of songs that I wanted to record were like her songs were the reference for my songs um which is cool but yeah um i think growing up other than shania twain it was christina aguilera was a huge one just because her her voice is amazing she's a great powerhouse vocalist and britney spears spice girls all of them <laughs> yeah i like i like how you mentioned of course kira isabel there because like i was actually an algonquin uh, when we were in the radio program and they have two stations they have air am that plays all pop music all trendy and then they have one that's like ottawa local and that's the one that we get to learn on it's like how to like you know make your mistakes and i don't know how many times and i've said this to kara uh on her interview and pro i would say to her in person but it was like every time i would go in on my radio it's like hey guess what song you have to like prep it's like please tell me it's not kara's bell it's like yep it's i'm not over getting or it's like i'm so over getting over you i'm like I have done this for eight takes. I'm starting to get like when you have to get radio airplays or your teacher to look at them, he's going to eventually go like, do you just always walk in when Kara's playing? I'm like, not on purpose. That's just how this <laughs> works. Like, yeah, you're right. She has like a good voice too. And of course, Christina has a big powerhouse voice. But like, I love the debate that people have with Christina and Brittany because I feel like over time you appreciate all Christina's work with vocals. Brittany, I feel like has a little bit more of the dance side of things, but it's like, you look at it as a kid and you're like comparing Backstreet Boys and Sync, Christina to yeah. Britney. Yeah. And when you get older, you're like, why did we compare them? They were all successful. Like, yeah, all for okay. sure. And like now it's even like the Backstreet Boys and Syncs, the members that are left are like pretty much like, we're just going to be, we're just going to form our own boy band. I'm like, you can't do that. Like, there's no Nick, there's no Justin, but all the rest of you, like, what are you going to call that? It's like, be Sync. I'd be like, oh, okay, like, I'll buy your album. <laughs> Is that actually happening? <laughs> I don't know. I've seen like videos where like AJ and uh, I think it was like Lance from uh, NSYNC and AJ from Backstreet Boys post videos of them like hanging right. out, doing dances yeah. to their old stuff. And I'm like, man, if you guys just performed B-Sync, cool. Like I believe they were actually trying to have like a whole 90s tour. I'm like, no one, no one where I live, they wouldn't come here until like they're 80. And I'd be like, man, don't even, no, please, AJ, don't try to flip around that chair. Like, oh, it's like crack. He cracked his back. Oh, man. But like now they probably like go to Toronto if, you know, if they did a Canadian date, I'm like, cool, you guys get to see that, but we don't. Great. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to ask too, with the new, with the new music video coming out, the new song, I, I believe Mama's Boy is already out. August, you said, was it the 20... 27th? Yeah. 27th. What is your, because I, I know every artist is going to say their goal is obviously so that I can get more exposure it blow up or that people listen to it. But like, I guess if I was going to scratch that question, what was the most fun part of doing the music video and the song? Like, what are some takeaways that you were like, man, like I didn't know it would be this fun to do this part. 
like recording and then just hearing the finished product is always one of my favorite parts but especially for this song I think every song that I do with my producers Mark and Eric just I feel like keep getting better and better but this one before they even sent it to me they were like we're we're kind of sampling or like taking not taking from Katy Perry but like looking at Katy Perry's Dark Horse and like trying to do something with that and I was like that was not what we talked about like that's a really dark song (laughs) so i went and listened to it i'm like okay but i usually always trust them because they're so great and then they sent it to me and i was like wow it was was so so cool so that was really exciting just to kind of see the the progress of the song and you know they send different takes and everything of it and it was it was all really cool and then yeah the music video day was so long but it was it was really fun and I, I love seeing like the little clips on the camera after you do a take and then usually ask the videographer if you can see it and you're just like wow it looks so good because the yeah. camera is usually such good quality and it just like makes you so excited to edit and see the final product but my my whole team for the music video was really great and it was really nice to work with like almost an all DC team as well so that was cool I've never actually I- worked with like a DC um, videographer or team like that so that was really nice i'm guessing like do they have like i've never been in a music video or like in that kind of capacity but like do you find that they have maybe different insights than like your usual like say music video or whatever like do they give you more instructions or like hey can you try this this way because like i feel like every different person has their own perspective on things and every kind of culture might want a different thing done as well like I can imagine there are probably like certain things in the music video where like, Hey, can you actually do this? Cause we actually do this, this dance. Cause I noticed on your Instagram that you've gone into doing a bunch of these like Punjabi kind of dances and, yeah. or like, and I was just like, okay, well like she's taking this full force. This isn't just like, I'm just going to write some songs and do this. It's like, I'm kind of full on embracing this culture. And like, some people will be really nervous about that. And I'm sure at first you probably were where it's like, I'm going to screw up this dance or I'm going to screw up this word. But if you have people that are like embracing it, because we live in a world where there's two sides of things. There's people that really like understand that you're trying to embrace it. And then there's the people that are like, you're not a part of this culture, not a part of this. So like step out of it. Don't even try. So were they, I, I'm guessing yeah. they're more embracing. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of both. It's It's definitely a learning curve. I haven't talked about this yet, but I am dancing a bit in the music video because there is a part of the song where it's just instrumental and I thought it could be a really cool 10 seconds of just uh, dancing so I do that and that was my idea so I actually did some choreo with the female actress in the video and she helped to choreograph the dance and everything as well so she's she was great and that was really fun my favorite my favorite story and it kind of relates to it and also don't is like years ago on SNL when uh, I think it was like, uh, uh, what's his name? He's blanking it there now on me, but there's like Dana Carvey and he's one of Adam Sandler's friends. David Spade. There you go. So David Spade would try to write himself into SNL sketches. And then Laura, I think it's like Lauren Michael would be like, that's great. Now can you show that to Dana Carvey? And it's like, no, I wrote this for me. <laughs> like I want to be in this. And like, yeah, but you can teach Dana that. And then they ended up giving it to Dana, but it's almost like this is the reverse where it's like, Hey, it's like, let's put, no, no, no. You want to learn it? Okay, let's, we're going to put you in it. So I like that. The last kind of thing I want to get into with you is a little bit of a, a fun game that we like to play here. Oh, that's great. Thanks. Oh, great response. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, not a fun game. Uh, <laughs> tell me, besides the CDU incident, what your most embarrassing moment would be 
Uh, and I'll, I'll make it even more specific if you want. Uh, musical embarrassment. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so I don't usually drink while I'm performing. Um, good, good. <laughs> because I, I don't know, I feel like I haven't done it enough to be used to doing it and like not mess up. So yeah. I feel like although I get really nervous, drinking just is not a good idea for me while I'm performing. Maybe, maybe later in the future when I have more practice with it. But yeah. <laughs> um, there was one time where my band was like, let's just drink. Like, let's have a couple drinks before we go on. And I'm like, yeah, like, I, I, I would like to do that. And I would like to, like, be able to have some drinks with my band before. Yeah. So back when I was still doing covers and I was playing at this bar downtown and we were performing Wagon Wheel, which is, like, the easiest oh, song yeah. ever. And <laughs> everyone knows the words. And I was drinking and I just completely blanked on the words. So I was like feeling pretty tipsy. And so I, I literally just turned around and like looked at my band and I'm like, I don't remember the words. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was really embarrassing. But I feel like I just sang the exact same verse over again and no one really noticed, but it was embarrassing for me. <laughs> yeah. That's when you like break out Jake Kwan's tipsy. You're like, hey, mm. Yeah, they're like, they're like she's going into a whole different vibe. <laughs> or you just bring out the country version of, uh, you know, T-Pain's Buy Me a Drink. And then you just, yeah, and then they just be like, man, like, we thought she was messing up the words, but no, she's making a remix. It's a um, mashup. Yeah, 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 really cool <laughs> mashup. Uh, I want to ask you in the counter of that, what is probably like your best musical moment or like best musical performance? Like, have you ever had the opportunity to team up with someone that you're like, oh man, like you idolize them, whether it's local or big name. And you're like, man, this is kind of cool. Cause you know, when you open for, I, I will give the example of some people down here have met like Alan Doyle or Tim Hicks and they go over the moon. I'm like, I'm not taking that away from you. But at the same point, I'm like, I, I think I just treat him as a normal person, but there yeah. would be like for me, Conan O'Brien, if I ever met him, I'd be like, yeah, I'll, I'll, talk to Conan like a normal person. Then next time i like, hey, Conan, what's up, Conan? I'll be like, oh, stupid, stupid. <laughs> I feel like this doesn't really have anything to do with my music, but I used to be one of those people who were like a celebrity chaser. Oh, so really? I okay. used, to go to, <laughs> used to go to much music and just like celebrity chase and the MMBAs, I would go find celebs at their hotels. So I met Justin Bieber through a car window once. <laughs> so that was fun. Yeah, you should have been like, Justin, Next feature over here, and then he'd be like, he'd be like, sure, yeah. He'd be like, he'd be like, nailed it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was when he was very, very young. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like there was a time when actually I have two friends when he was down here in St. John's, which kudos to him because actually usually don't come through here. But they were like, man, like we went to see Justin, and uh, like we were yelling out to him when we got backstage passes, and he wouldn't turn around. And I'm like, and they're like, oh, he's so mean. And I'm like, or or try this on he's 15 or 16 and he just performed on stage and he's basically like, God damn, like, can I have some alone time or relaxed time? Yeah. Like, Not everything is bad. Like, you know, yeah. I get it that you probably paid a fortune, but at the same point, he doesn't know you paid a fortune. He just was like, I did my show. I'm going Yeah. like, you know, it takes maturity. It's like when you look at like young artists uh, or like when they're younger and then you're like watching them do all this crazy stuff. And then years later, like I was young. I'm like, yeah, I don't blame you. I'm like, the media probably hated you, but I don't care. It's like TMZ's on your ass every day. Like, I, I love yeah. it because there's, there's ones on um, uh, social media where they talk about Tobey Maguire, and that's my favorite Spider-Man. 
but they show the clip where he's asking them nicely twice, hey, your camera's in the way. I can't see the car in front of me. And then he finally gives the guy like the kick and he's like, your camera's in the way. And then it's like, you know, that's going to be a headline where it's like, Spider-Man loses his temper. I'm like, actually, no. He was pretty calm about that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. But have you ever had like, so when you were going to like these much musics, like obviously you said Justin Bieber, but was there any other encounters where you're like, oh, like so close or that you were like, I I know it's a screen or a window, but wherever you're like, I feel like myself, if there was Backstreet Boys and they were there, I just put the glass. And even if one of them touched the glass, they're like, we shared a moment. That's what I, that's what we did with Justin, but yeah, yeah, we share um, moments. <laughs> there was one year, I don't know if you remember Girlicious, yes. but I was a huge fan of them. Like I used to talk to them on MySpace and be like, oh, they know who I am. Yeah, yeah. Even though they probably didn't, but <laughs> I like right on their MySpace feed and they were at the MMVAs one year and I was so close to like touching them or whatever, but I took a picture and I went home that night and I realized in one of the pictures, Nicole from Girlicious was like staring right into my camera. And I thought oh, nice. that was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. I'm like, wow, she was looking right at me on my camera. Yeah. I got that picture. She wasn't looking at anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so I like, funny. I, I like that you mentioned MySpace because there's going to be a generation that listens to this and, know, and it goes like, what the hell is MySpace? But I'm with you yeah. because I actually, when I was younger, I wrote to Scouting for Girls, which was a UK band, because I used to always hear them when I was working at like uh, Athletes World. And then there was another one. I don't even know if we have an Athletes World anymore. But then we had a 10 second epic, which was in like they were doing songs with lights. And I think yeah. I wrote to both of them. Lights never got back to me. And I was like super bummed because I was like, I love lights. But 10 second epic came back like, man, thank you for writing us. And I was just like, I was like, I took it, printed it and put it on my uh, wall. And then when my (laughs) friends would come over, be like, I am super cool. Look at this. And then that's when they were like, yeah, you're never going to be, you're never going to amount to anything. I'm like, well, now who has a podcast? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I used to do that too. Like my whole door was covered in posters and I used to print off like little things that they would write back on my wall. It's, it's so, yeah, like you look back at it now, you're like, I think I had this discussion with uh, Sally from Mono Wales, and I mentioned, do you actually think it's PR or them? And she's like, that's probably before PR was a thing. So it was probably yeah. them responding. And that was confirmed when Ian Castleman from Mariana's Trench was like, we tried so hard to get on much music that every time they uploaded a link, we would like provide our own link. And I was like, man, that's pretty nifty. That's pretty like smart. And it's like, yeah, we used to just <laughs> spam them with MySpace. And I was like, that's one way to do it. <laughs> funny <laughs> yeah yeah uh the last thing i want to ask you uh before we clue it up here sarah is i know we went with the best we went with the worst what is something that you want to achieve uh like in this year or in the year 2022 which i think that's crazy because i still think sometimes it is 2020 still i feel like we should have a rerun where it's like yeah that didn't happen we get we didn't get to live 2020 can we just like not yeah, I mean, I would love to just get back on stage and it would be really cool to perform my new song since I haven't yet. And I've been putting out new songs since 2020. So that would be really cool, especially the Punjabi country ones. I feel like a lot of people that I see commenting on my stuff are from Brampton and the area that I live in. So I think doing a festival out here would be really cool. And I, I have been talking to a few organizations to try to put that together in the fall. So I think that would be cool. And just seeing people singing along to it would really just make yeah. my entire life. So. Yeah, I think wasn't it wasn't it I, I'm trying to remember now my memory could be foggy but wasn't it like your ideal kind of concert was like out on a water was wasn't it like that you wanted to like have like boats and then not out on water I'd be like man it's like she could be like the first one to ever do that and they're like all right well there's pros to that there's cons to that 
it's like, yeah, well, like anything, but if it was like successful, it's like she's gonna be like Sarah Wicked, the first like female artist that has, has done a concert out yeah. of water. I'd be like, yeah, just make sure she wasn't on a sea do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, the sea do won't be big enough. <laughs> but uh, we were actually gonna do that this summer. I was gonna record some acoustic live tracks on my dad's boat and release those. Um, unfortunately, that didn't happen, but maybe next year. But yeah, yeah that would have been so cool. That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Sarah Wicket for coming on the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying, thanks for listening, and good night. looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness then check out the natural man podcast join me host mike c as we explore all areas of human wellness physical mental and emotional learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health remember your doctor works for you learn biohacks neurohacks ways to improve sleep and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.